You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter at HockeyPodNet. Download at the HockeyPodcastNetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. I'm Corey Franja. I'm Richie Suave Flores. And this is Sporty with Corey and Richie Suave. On the Hockey Podcast Network. Welcome back in Sporty Nation. It is a super exciting episode for you all. We're going to hop right into it. I am not only introducing, of course, my wonderful, amazing co-host Richie today. I am also welcoming in our guest for today, which is the co-founder of the wonderful Hockey Podcast Network that we are on right now. He also is the host of SodaPod and It was his birthday yesterday. I found out recently he was in a band in college. This man is very interesting, and we've been so excited to have him on the show. Isha, welcome on the show. Thanks, guys. I mean, ditto. I've been so excited to come on your show. You guys were some of the first people that Dylan and I reached out to when we started this whole project. So, yeah, it's it's been a long time coming, and I told you guys prior to recording that I've been a super fan of your show, and even prior to you guys jumping on the Hockey Podcast Network, I'd listen to your podcast, watch your YouTube videos, so the pleasure is all mine. Thank you for having me. That's so sweet. Thank you for saying that. I, um, I can't even hardly watch our own YouTube <laughs> videos anymore because I always feel like I feel cringing with myself, and then I also think to myself, oh God, I went through a lot of hairstyle changes, and I just really can't handle I had purple hair at one point so that's why I'm saying that so yeah Corey had the purple hair and then I had a mohawk like yes that's right that's right I remember that (laughs) and the only reason I did that is because um the show I work on we were doing a a remote at a place at at a haircut place and we wanted to do a Facebook live and they were like all right well let's do a Facebook live of Richie getting his haircut and I was just like, all right, screw it. I'll just get a mohawk. It'll go back. <laughs> Do something crazy. I love it. Yeah, but the thing that sucks is, like, I got shit from, like, everybody at the station because I would never style it. I would, al- and then I would always wear a hat all the time. So I never, like, got the full effect of going, like, straight out mohawk full time because it's like I'm a hat guy all the time. So I just feel naked with that one. <laughs> No, I'm, I'm, I'm exactly the same way out here in like Western Canada during like our, our kind of gloomy wet winters. I'm like always in a toque. And as soon as the summer, uh, you know, comes in, I'm my hat, I'm wearing a backwards ball cap and like not to my horn, own horn or anything, but I got pretty good hair and I should probably start showing it off a little more, but it's kind of funny back in high school. I, uh, I was super into like, you know, Bob Marley reggae and, and some like blues and stuff. And I was like, oh, I really want to do like the dread someday. So I grew up my hair super long in like the 12th grade got my hippie friend to come over. There's a lot of hippie friends here on the West Coast. And she spent probably like three hours as we like crushed two seasons, uh, a season, almost a, the first season of Breaking Bad. So it must have been even more than three hours, just back combing my hair, putting the, like the gel or the, the, the grease in it. And, you know, lo and behold, at the end of the day, I had dreadlocks. I took one look in the mirror and I was like, yeah, I'm not going to school with this. Fuck that. And cut them all off. She was devastated. But uh, 
similar story. Never got to show off my crazy hairstyle. Either. I, I think I still have a picture buried in the vault. So maybe I'll send it to you guys and you, and you can be like the only people that I've shown in the last like 10 years. That is awesome. I, I at least got to see it. If it's not for public consumption, I at least want to see it to give have a nice little laugh. I'll let you be the judge. If you want to fucking share it after, you can. <laughs> and two, for our listeners that um, aren't, don't speak Canadian, a toque is a beanie. Oh, yes. yes. For those oh, of you that don't understand that, I just had to throw that across there. I, have, I know. Although, I, I was on an American podcast, um, the one, it was a 10,000 takes uh, podcast network, and I, I, <laughs> I measured distance in kilometers, and they're like, dude, shut up. Like, you're so Canadian. <laughs> That's okay. I was actually telling um, why can't I why can't I think of them, Richie? Who we were just on? Yeah, the capture guys. Yeah, the capture guys. I was actually just telling them that I went to a bar in Flagstaff before all this happened to um, go skiing, and I when I was standing there, this guy asked for darts, and then he handed him his, they asked for ID, and then he handed their his ID to them. And I look over at my boyfriend and I'm like, oh my gosh, like I never hear anyone ordering cigarettes, like saying darts, like he, and he's ordering at a bar. You can order cigarettes at a bar. And I was like, this is strange. And his ID was just so he could, um, like they hold his ID. So that way he returns them. They were actually darts for a dartboard, but oh my god. my head they were cigarettes and i was like what someone's actually ordering cigarettes and they use the term darts because I, like outside of my friends and like the people that we talk to like no one ever really said that so it was just really funny because i i had that experience the other day and i was like oh i sh- should have realized that no one would be saying that that's so funny back to the, like the beanie and toque thing though whenever i think beanie i just think that hat with like the little propeller on it like like those, the freaking munchkins in the Wizard of Oz had. I have to say, I, I prefer the term toucan. I'm not being like Canadian biased. Like maybe it's imprinted in my brain, but I think Beanie, and again, I think Munchkin City. <laughs> That's too funny. That's so funny. It's like, it's really funny because on Spin Tricklets, I think it was, they were saying that they were calling it a winter hat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh, wait, so on the East Coast, you just call it a winter hat? Like you that's probably the one place where you'd wear a beanie the most and you call it a winter hat. It's just <laughs> kind of like literally the most boring thing you can ever call it. But like at least, at least put a term to it, right? Exactly. <laughs> that's and quick, yeah, and fun fact, I don't think I own one. Well, I mean, you live in Arizona. Why would you? Live in the desert, yeah. I mean, <laughs> it, still gets, it still gets chilly here once in a while, but I think it was, I don't know who I was joking with about that. Uh, like in the middle of the winter back in December maybe it was cat but I was like I don't even own one um do you I think Corey do you own one because I know I don't oh my gosh I own a ton how okay how have you been around talkie and not own a beanie yeah that's a good question (laughs) (laughs) here's the thing so we uh there's a rink where ASU plays Oceanside and it is the coldest place I've ever been to in my life it is like an ice cube and uh, so I'm surprised even like even if I go to there I just wear I just wear a regular like hat a ball cap basically I don't I don't even there where it's freezing cold I'm good I'll let my ears freeze I'll survive <laughs> yeah I work uh well obviously not not now but for the last few years I've worked for a junior b team out here 
um, in the Vancouver Island Junior Hockey League. Actually, the same uh, Junior B team where Jamie Ben and his brother actually developed when they played their Junior B before playing in the BCHL and, and beyond. And um, that, I have to say, like, I've been in a ton of junior rinks. Like, I grew up in Northern BC, Vancouver Island. Is, I mean, the junior hockey here is outstanding, all through BC, actually. And I have to say that this rink I worked at for the last three years was the coldest rink ever. There was, like, there wasn't, like... You could pay a loony to heat up your section. It didn't, it didn't do anything, especially in the press box. And I had to, like, put on long johns. I had to double up on socks. You better believe <laughs> I was wearing, like, beanies, like, the biggest, the biggest, thickest ones. Was, man, talk about cold rinks. Like, uh, I, like I, I say, like, I grew up in northern BC in this tiny rink on Vancouver Island, which is a pretty warm – it's like the Hawaii of Canada, so it's warm, all things considered. And I, I could not believe – how cold this rink was, but all the boys loved it. They said it was the best ice uh, on the island. So there you go. Yeah, we can't relate to that because <laughs> not at all. Never good ice here. So no matter where you go, there is not very good ice. I mean, even in those rinks that are freezing like that. Part of pro my problem was probably the fact that I never brought um, a, where it does snow is up north in Flagstaff and. I never brought Richie up when um, when it was snowing up there and going to games because he would have froze his ass off if, <laughs> if he would have known that you didn't own a beanie. I was in a beanie and a scarf and a jacket, and then I would drink beforehand just to stay warmer um, because that's not normal. Like, it's not normal to feel that way, and I hate it. Everyone else would be walking around completely normal, and I'm freezing so I don't know how you survive Ricky and as much as the ice may be good that sounds absolutely terrible I mean you get used to it but uh but it was cold I brought my dad my dad uh, he works up in northern BC and then comes does like um camp work and then comes back down and I think it was two years ago I brought him to a game and he's actually originally from Iran but he is he's 100% Canadian now because he, he freaking wore shorts to the game and he only lasted an hour and a half I'll give him that but I was like dad you <laughs> You're nuts, man. And yeah, your, le your legs may be so hairy that they, they count as pants, but let me tell you, <laughs> you are Canadian now, sir. <laughs> well, speaking, speaking of certain things in your background, me and you got in a conversation very recently about the fact that you were in a band when you were in college. Yeah, like honestly, and that was an awesome conversation. I've been making this kind of community playlist in light of you know everyone's isolation. I've been taking suggestions. It just started with like family and friends, and now it's I, I shared it on all the social media platforms, and more and more people are sending me uh, suggestions, and I'm kind of going through them every few days, choosing uh, well, kind of just choosing the more unique ones. Like one of the guys in the cab strip sent me like Country Road with John Dever. I'm like, okay, like everyone loves this song. I'm not putting on the playlist. Like something more unique, you know, something nobody hears about uh, every day or some of the old classics uh, like 90s uh, rock hits and stuff, pop punk like Blink-182, which kind of started Corey and I's conversation. And we started talking music and, it, and it's cool that you have a love for music because music was, was my first love before even... I was always into sports because my father is a soccer player and, and he's a big sports guy. But most, both of my parents are huge music people. Um, when my dad grew up in Iran, his, his brother served in the military in England and would send him like the Who, Santana, Pink Floyd records. My mom grew up in downtown Seattle and was huge in the funk scene. She was actually in middle school. She was one of the only three white girls in all Af African-American middle school. So she, James Brown, Earth, Wind & Fire, you name it. So I had an awesome musical influence growing up and... Uh, yeah, as a kid, I, I, I sang in a bunch of youth choirs and then a professional choir, did like voice lessons. 
And then I found my first guitar actually um, in elementary school. I think it was like grade six. So it was the year before my family moved from Prince George, BC, up, up in Northern British Columbia to, to Vancouver Island. And the music program just got cut from my school. So they were just literally chucking all like the older guitars, the, the big classical nylon string guitars that they couldn't really repair or that, I, I don't know, that I honestly don't know the reason. I just thought they were assholes by throwing away all these guitars. And so there was a huge garbage bin near the, the path uh, to, to my home. So I just walked from uh, home to school back, back then. And I just, I literally just dumped in, I jumped in the dumpster and just like sifted through finding like the best one that wasn't all roughed up. And I still have it to this day. I don't play it much. I've upgraded a little bit from dumpster guitars, but that, that's where I learned to, to play guitar on this massive classical with guitar nylon string with my, my little hands at the time. And so I started to play guitar, started singing more uh, rock tunes, folk tunes. And um, actually it was in high school where I started my first band, uh, a good buddy of mine, he, he's like the most talented guy in the world, like a pure artist. He can draw. He can, uh, he, he's a break dancer. He actually like competes in underground like break dancing competitions where I shit you not, they like put money in the hats and like the fans vote with their screams. Like it's unbelievable that this guy. And so with that, he also played piano. He could rap and he produced, uh, he produced beats and was just an unbelievable musician. Since, since we were kids, we just had unbelievable chemistry, both just as friends and, and artistically. So we wrote so many tunes together in high school. He would actually like rap verses or sing, play piano and do the production. And I'd play guitar and, and kind of sing the main verses. So in high school, we didn't like play that many shows. We played like, I don't know, fair, local fairs and stuff and, and open mics and just like bonfires and parties with our friends but it wasn't until I, uh, I moved to Calgary right after high school where I was actually saving up to play or saving up for university so I did have a day job and I'd uh, build and spray cabinets during the day but I actually paid my rent uh, playing tunes about three three days a week with the trio I don't even know if it was folk I don't know the genre honestly we were we were that unique and again not not to toot my own horn it was just looking back at it it was it was a really cool experience because I came from a a, more of a blues folk acoustic guitar um, uh, style and I have kind of a, a raspier singing voice so I guess you could put me in like the indie folk category and then we hooked up with a, uh, a metal guitar player and kind of Chris Cornell type singer and then a very soft um, almost like psychedelic um, piano and 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 singer and, and her name was uh, Samantha so it was a woman and two of us and we would play trio acoustic um, sometimes with like a little like electric soft blues in there and, and all sing together. And we wrote, a, we wrote so many songs, guys. It was ridiculous. So we actually had to narrow down our set to a few. And, uh, and it was awesome. We played pretty much two years, like every day playing shows. And it wasn't until we got in the studio where I, I'm, I was fine with the group, but they, they started to butt heads artistically. And we, we went our separate ways. It actually went, we're all friends now, but it, it got so heated where we actually had to get a lawyer involved and split assets. They kept all the money for the instruments and, and stuff. And I got the rights to all the music, which sucks for me because they actually continued to be musicians and probably would have done something with the fucking music. <laughs> and I went to university and started managing a hockey podcast network. But long or the short of it, yeah, music's a huge part of my life. And um, now that we're kind of forced to be isolated, in regards to just exercising a lot more, I've been able to pick up my guitar and kind of relearn some of these old songs. And uh, I actually made a Google Docs with those two uh, friends of mine who were in the band together. I'm, I'm, I've still kept in contact with them. We started to, you know, record some tracks. And hopefully, hopefully one day, we'll be able to release that album that, uh, that we've been working on for now, I guess, 10 years. That would be awesome. I, I, that's a fascinating story. Corey kind of told me the gist of that in, in our conversations getting, you, getting before we got you on the show. But 
I'm like, and we, we, I, this is kind of, we didn't get to, we don't get to do it that often when we have guests on um, because of our busy schedule. We're going to do it more now, I think, because our, we have a little bit more time on our hands. But, um, you know, my question is like, who are some of your influence? Because it sounds like the style of music you play, it is really different and fascinating. And like, I know you asked me the question on Twitter last week. I didn't get around to answering it. I'll answer it here in a little bit. But uh, like my music is my music, you know, preferences have changed as I've gotten older. So like when you were doing this a lot more often, who were some of your influences um, at the time? Well, that's an awesome question. And it's cool that like I'm just sitting here now, you know, as you were finishing the question, reflecting on that, because just like you, like my taste in music changes a lot, but I don't kind of abandon one genre and, and, and dive into another. I'm kind of like a sponge when it comes to music. I just kind of take it all in and try to, when I, when I write or create, try to just bring in that little bit of flavor. Now I'm never going to be like, you know, like John Mayer or, or, or Eric Clapton as far as they're just, outstanding talent when it comes to playing blues guitar but blues is definitely one of my biggest influences and it wasn't something I dove into until later but when I was younger I'd say when I first picked up guitar and singing it was uh my first my first two albums I ever bought when I went to the I guess HMV here in Canada which is defunct so RIP HMV um I bought uh Dookie by Green Day and um and Love Gun by Kiss so very two different styles, but you know, rock and roll. I, I loved the classic rock from kind of my dad's influence. And at the time, uh, American Idiot was just about to come out. There was a lot of hype to it. And so I just did all my homework on old Green Day. And then all through high school, I loved the pop punk. I loved Sum 41, I loved Blink-182. I loved Blink-182 and I still do to this day. I think though their music is so simple and a lot of it is arguably like sounds similar. I, there's just something about the way Mark and Tom and, you know, and Travis wrote music together that that was more unique than uh than all the rest but i think like the top three pop punk bands in my opinion are like like uh, or green day blink 182 and some 41 because they're all very different stylistically yet they all kind of paved the way for all these other pop punk bands at the time um going into the classics carlos santana he's my favorite guitar player uh up there next to john mayer who i got really into in high school i mean continuum dropped right before i think when i was in like grade nine or ten and then um battle studies when i was in grade 11 that was the first time i got to see john mayer and to this day guys like john mayer is the best guitar player i've ever seen live and i've seen clapton i've i've seen i've seen a lot of the greats i i used to spend a lot of money <laughs> going and seeing concerts um being so close to vancouver i was really lucky to be able to go to uh well now rogers arena at the time and see all the all the big names um Oh, what are some other influences as far as folk stuff i was really into bonnie Vare when i was in that trio band as well and um and monsters and men actually just dropped their album in 2011 right before our group came together and they kind of had a, a very similar style to us where you know there was the dominant um female and male vocals on kind of all the tracks and that's kind of where we based our sound off of right away like mountain sound we we covered that song and i think uh you know my, my friend uh, uh, samantha she did an outstanding job singing that one um, so, th I mean, I could run through lists and lists of, uh, of influences and, and some will probably come up as we keep talking music throughout this, uh, this, well, this podcast here, but I think those are kind of the main ones for now. And as far as blues, like BB King is, is one of my favorites as well. Oh, I was waiting for Richie. Over no, there. no. Yeah. yeah. We usually go back and forth. I don't have anything on that. Didn't yeah. He's just awestruck. 
<laughs> I know. I just, I was, in case you wanted to add anything to that, I just yeah, wanted, well, wanted to give you yeah, your space. Yeah, Corey and, knows this. Know, and then when you were talking about the pop punk bands and Blink-182, I was like, oh, I can see why, why Corey and you would be, would be best friends. <laughs> I, I do love my, my pop punk. I go very, very deep on it. Yes, our entire conversation started off of Blink-182. That's where, well, he had made that playlist and he had posted a Blink song. And then I, I automatically always have to shove um, Anthem Part 2 into everything, everywhere. It's so, so good. It's one of their best songs. So I loved it. The funniest part is like, so that's my favorite song of theirs that they've ever done. And then the one of, there's a few like before it, but one of them that like always has a weird place in my heart is um, Aliens Exist. Just because nice. it's such a goofy song and it is 100% like from his own soul because of the fact that he is a weirdo. He 100% thinks that aliens exist and has written books and has done so many different things about it that it's just um, a goofy song that he made like based off of his own weirdness, which I kind of appreciate. That's so awesome. I'm going to jump right off, jump off there and say that going away to college was another big one, especially because like, when I was the most into Blink-182, I was, I was in grade 12 and I was in the, the band with my buddy, just our little duo that we played in high school. And we, we, were, we were asked to play some music for our graduation. So we, we played one of our own songs and we had planned to play Going Away to College, but my buddy uh, and bandmate at the time, Gabe, was like, oh man, we should just, we should just plug in a, a shout by the Isley Brothers instead and just do like a crazy dance on stage and get the whole crowd going. So we tried to do that, but the principal caught, uh, caught wind of it and took our iPod. So we eventually just ended up playing Going Away to College. But the whole plan was to get everyone fired up and to do a grand exit with all that the great and, and shout, basically. But I got my iPod taken away. And I, I actually just found the iPod recently, like buried in it because I just moved uh, right before this COVID outbreak. And um, I found that iPod. And the, you better believe the first song I put on was shout because it was already cued believe it or not, on a playlist. So, so, like, so oh, can yeah, I answer awesome. your question from last week? Because, yeah, because we, please, please, I'm we still like had the guy from Capture on last week and it just we just completely forgot about it. So I'll answer it now while you're here on the show and you can blast me for, for my music because Corey does it all the time. I know my roommate Kat does it all the time. Uh, I was, I, I've gotten better, I'd say, in terms of my, my landscape of music choices, but it's still not as good as it can be. So you asked me if um, my first concert was in my first CD. So my first CD was, and Corey, you will not be shocked by this. My first CD was, uh, <laughs> I was 11 years old and I went to Target with my mom and she bought me uh, Away From The Sun from Three Doors Down. Uh, I was, I was going to try and say it before you said it. Damn, <laughs> so, I knew that was what it was. Yeah, and hey, so Three Doors Down, eventually, I'd still say they're probably my favorite band. Uh, which, because, like, a lot, and they get shit on a lot. But, cool, like, I'm, like, I'm, like, I go back and listen to their music once in a while. I'm like, fuck, they're still good. I went to go see them in concert uh, last year here in Phoenix. And I was like, man, this just reminds me why I grew up liking them. I, I love them a lot. And then my first concert was you're gonna be shocked by this uh was weird al yankovic <laughs> yes dude that's awesome he just came to victoria <laughs> and, uh, like yeah a few and he puts ago. on a great show in case any of our listeners are like oh weird al he's probably not great 
no, he's actually really fun live. Uh, there's a reason he got so big, right? I mean, par- parody musicians don't get past YouTube for a reason. Now, I know he came out before YouTube, but yeah, he's yeah. like the granddaddy. And, uh, and yeah, he was fun. And that was my first concert. I have since uh, now become kind of a concert file. I like to go to um, a lot of local shows here. Like, we have a couple great, like, the Phoenix music scene is actually, I consider it's growing. It's getting more popular, I think, as the years go along. Um, and because Really quickly, I would like to defend myself in the fact that I do like Three Doors Down, and I have gone to multiple. Yes, Three and Doors thank Down you for coming. Richie, just saying. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I, did, uh, I liked them. They yeah, were all see, good. What, going back to what I was saying is that, like the Phoenix music scene is growing, so I like going to local shows here. I um, for, with local bands at a couple of the smaller venues here. Um, so like if you go, uh, Corey and I and our friend Cat put together a, a quarantine playlist where each of us chose, I think it was seven songs, Corey, right? And if you go look at that playlist, most, many of mm-hmm. my songs are from local yes. bands and local artists. So maybe that's what I'll do. I will send you to put on your playlist each. I will send you some local Please, yeah. bands from a couple of different genres that I really like. Dude, I love that. When I was growing up in high school, I would every pay, because I've, I've been working since I was 13 years old, either for my my dad's construction company for a year, but then I kind of just wanted, wanted to pave my own way. So I just got my own jobs. And with every paycheck, I would buy um, two, two CDs, one, one mainstream. So like, like I said, like a Kiss, like a BB King, um, one indie band that no one, like if, if I had no idea who they were, I'd buy it. And then I'd go to my local record store and buy a local actual record. <laughs> and so I'd spend like half my paycheck at the time because I was not working that many hours just on music. But so I, I have so much respect for uh for the local local music scene and to be honest those are the best shows like stadium shows are awesome because like you spend all the money like you, you plan like for me anyways i'd go to vancouver so i'd plan a weekend i'd usually have friends and it was just kind of like a whole event but going to the local shows are the best i brought my uh, my former roommate because he, he wasn't he likes music but he's not a huge music guy and i brought him to like our local radio stations um local band of the months uh, uh showcase so that every week during the month they, they featured a local band and man, it was the best show to this day I've ever been to. Not even the headliner. I think it was the third, the third uh, band in was this like guy who lived in his band <laughs> in like the countryside of Victoria. And he was just one of the best blues artists I've ever heard. And like, not technically sound, like I said, like a Clapton or John Mayer, but he wore literally um, a poncho and that was it. And a cowboy hat. So like, it got a little weird. Him pissing in a water bottle on stage halfway through. Everyone saw his dick, but hey. The music made up for it. And it was above a restaurant, this, this little club there. And the people downstairs actually came up and said, usually, like, you're a club. We've never had to ask this, but you have to tell everyone to stop jumping because people are getting, like, like freaking sawdust from the roof in their, in their soup. Like, you got to stop. <laughs> That's so funny. Like, I, I thought one of the worst things that I had experienced was when um, All Time Low was performing and they were talking about – and I was – sitting by like where the family section is like they have like a sectioned off area in the grass area where there's families and um they're talking about like how they went out partying like on mill and all and a bunch of stuff about that and how the bathrooms here like in the place that we were at were great for having sex and no just there one of those cringes, like, oh no, I'm sitting next to a family. <laughs> yes, and there was a, it was a lot of like, that's why, like, 
there was a lot of things that they went into like detail about their partying like on mill like the night before and and there was like the whole procession of like bras and panties and stuff that followed and then like conversations about that and I was like mm, nothing can get more cringeworthy than sitting next to like and they were like and this concert was um a day to remember all time low and blink 182 so I was kind of thinking why are you bringing your like six-year-old your seven-year-old to this concert yeah like it's gonna it's gonna get a little bit messy here (laughs) yeah so that's it's just a little bit weird um but and I thought that was cringeworthy but someone you know whipping out their dick I I think actually might be a little bit more cringy yeah just a little bit like this isn't the chili peppers in the late 70s here like this was this is 2014 like calm down um, I had a similar, I guess not really similar, but the cringiest moment that I had actually like in uh, in a stadium around like families and stuff is actually I went to go see Jack Johnson. I must have been like 2015 or something with, with a buddy of mine at the time who we'd, we'd go to see a bunch of concerts together. We saw like, we actually saw Bonnie Vare and Megadeth in the same weekend, which <laughs> talk about two different genres of music. But hey, we, like I said, I, my, my genres, my, my taste is vast. We're at Jack Johnson, my buddy like in the stadium, like lights up a joint and there's like, like grandma and all her kids are right next to us. I'm like, man, like, I like, I don't want to be the one who like grabs this now. And then like grandma looks at us, looks my buddy dead in the eye and goes, you're going to pass that to me, boy. And I'm like, Oh shit. Okay. Here you go, grandma. So quickly the tension was, was cut. But, uh, <laughs> but at first I was just like, Oh no, this is going to be bad. I'm literally in the middle of both this. I, I don't want to say anything. I don't want to do anything. I just want to enjoy the music. Damn. That's one direct grandma props to I mean, grandma for being so direct. I said, I live in Vancouver Island. They're full of hippies. <laughs> Don't get me started about when, when Eric Clapton uh, played cocaine and everyone around me just whipped out their keys. And I was like, oh my God, <laughs> I feel so alone. <laughs> oh man. Well, that's, that's something you have to come prepared for. And clearly if you, uh, if you aren't that way, then you're not prepared for it. So you, you, you just never know. I was like a naive 16-year-old second row center in, in the floor watching Eric Clapton and be like, I probably should have expected this, but I feel very awkward right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a great way to get uncomfortable. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter at HockeyPodNet. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. We'll get back to talking to Ish about music galore in just a moment. But first, Corey and I want to tell you about Manscaped.com. Something very important, something that gets neglected, that weighs right down under, and that is Manscaped. It is for your undercarriage. I don't even know how many under things I can come up with here. Um, all in one point in time, but it is to make sure that you are all nice and neat and tidy down there. It's getting warmer. You don't want to get too sweaty. If you get their package, it comes with some ball deodorant, Manscaped. I am talking about getting some Manscaped, you guys. We call it a man-meat mower. It is their 3.0. They have stepped up to new heights since it's not a one not a two but a 3.0 it has an led light in it it's got a little grip on it to make sure that you uh you know you don't slip it does it's protected so you don't nick yourself you know you don't want to nick that precious cargo so 
they have everything figured out for you. They even have some ball toner in the package. You have to go get yourself some and use our promo code. Manscaped.com, promo code THPN, and you get 20% off and free shipping on everything on their website. You can get the whole freaking package, uh, which is you already got a package from them with everything in it. We tweeted it out on our Twitter account and Instagram. I'm expecting my package very soon, and I am excited to get to work with the Manscaped Meat Mower, the Lawnmower 3.0, and uh, to make sure I'm nice and primmed, proper, trimmed up for all the ladies that are expected to come over to my humble abode after quarantine. Gotta look good, and you can do it with Manscaped, manscaped.com. If there is one band that has been like a guilty pleasure, like everyone hates them, but you love them or an artist or whatever, who is it? Because I've always had one that everyone hates, but I don't mind them. Like I've always really liked their music. Oh, that that's a hard one. Cause like my friends, they make fun of me for a lot of stuff. I just have to say right away though, the, I listen to pretty much all genres except for dubstep. Cause in my, this is how I say, it. it's not music. It's just noise. It's just bomb, 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 bomb. Like that ain't music. But anyways, to each their own. Um, oh, I don't know. Like in Canada, probably Matthew Good because a lot of people either he has kind of like a cult following here. They either love him or they hate him. So a lot of people who who are into music and don't like Matthew Good, they they bust my balls about being a huge Matthew Good fan. As far as like an artist overall, off the top of my head, I can't think of one. But an album. Um, I don't know if it was the first or second, but it was it was the album from Fall Out Boy where they had all their hits like Sugar We're Going Down, um, Dance Dance. Like that was an unbelievable album. Yet everyone busts my balls for you like Fall Out Boy, and I'm like, sure, that one album my, was unreal. One of my favorite concerts I ever went to was a festival with Richie, and the headliner was um, Fall Out Boy, and it was one of the best things I ever watched. Oh yeah, oh. quick story about that. Um, Going back to kind of my history in music, I, uh, I'm i not a big fan of that genre, of the punk genre, basically, the Fall Out Boys, the emo rock. So uh, we went, it was me, Corey, again, our friend Kat, a couple, several years ago, and uh, I didn't, and they were giving me shit because I enjoyed the concert, they were really good, but I didn't know any of the lyrics to any of the songs. And, <laughs> oh, and I they hate kept that. looking at me like, Richie, what <laughs> i was like sorry guys what am i supposed to do oh yeah and i was 20 at the time so i couldn't even drink they were drinking and i was just like staying there enjoying the concert it was the only thing i i really had and like he knew nothing <laughs> literally it was the you know nothing john snow because he was like just staring kind of glazed over like he had no idea i was like oh, this is great i love that the the sly devon snow slip in there that was perfect but um <laughs> but richie what is what is the one that you get made fun of uh, other, other than three doors down <laughs> um, um probably yeah probably either. i don't i mean i don't necessarily get made fun of it but uh i'm actually a fan of imagine dragons but like more so their first two albums I thought were great. Uh their more recent stuff, not the quite not quite as the same, but I've I've seen them live twice 
and uh, and they were great. They're a great live band. So I'd probably say Imagine Dragons. Side note, I once saw Imagine Dragons when the Super Bowl was here in Phoenix. They uh, headlined a festival where Snoop Dogg opened up for them. <laughs> nice. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Nice. Oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot you guys went to mm-hmm. that one. I went to the uh, Calvin Harris one yep. night before. Oh, by the way, Calvin Harris, Ready for the Weekend. I'm pretty sure that's the name of the album. The second one with the, the woman, it's like a black and white or maybe it's like black and silver album cover and the woman has like the diamond glasses. That is one of the best out, like Calvin Harris albums and electronic albums I think I've ever heard. Um, oh, I got to like bring it up here before or I'll just send you some of the tunes. But th- some of the, like the best pumping songs, like every time I at the gym before I get on the bike or before I go mountain biking. Like I have the one song that I play first and it just like the chorus gets me so pumped. So like, I'm not a huge electronic music guy, but man, that, that album by Calvin Harris, uh, especially in high school. And we, we all just bought our first cars and, you know, bought the biggest sub for the back. Like we bumped <laughs> that album, like, like crazy. Um, I guess another guilty pleasure. No one can really make fun of me for this because the guy is fucking outstanding, but like Justin Timberlake, I mean, that album 2020 vision? I had the 2020 album on CD. Oh, my I God. So good. It was so brilliant. That entire, yeah. like, double CD, it wasn't just one. It was two. Exactly. It was amazing. Um, Push Your Love Girl, best song. Best song on the album. Yes, oh, and it's, like, really seven good. minutes long. I love it. That, that was such, such a good, they're both. Like, and that's the thing, is both of you guys, the ones that you're saying, like, Richie talking about Imagine Dragons, I've been to that concert too. Like, none of those, I, the one that I said that everyone's probably going to rip on me after I say this out loud, but I have never minded Nickelback. Oh, I can't believe, I'm Canadian, I can't believe I never said that. No, Nickelback, they're, they're rock and roll, like, what's not to like about Nickelback, other than they kind of sound the same on every album? It's because it's traditional rock and roll. Yeah, that's what, it, like, to me, it doesn't, like, I get the people that are like, oh, their like lyrics are next level kind of raunchy. But I mean, like, if you listen to any rap song, there is or or kiss, hello. <laughs> well, yeah, that's what I mean. Like, about every like old like we had talked about this that I grew up with my dad just like adoring classic rock. So if you go into a lot of those, they're all pretty like damn dirty. Like, like at, yeah, like biker culture type of type of rock and roll. Well, that's what pour some sugar on me is literally an entire song about strippers. In case you didn't know it is an entire song about strippers. It's it's a fun song if you're listening to it and you go and grab a whole thing of sugar and pour it on someone because I've done that before. <laughs> but it really was based off of strippers. So yeah, and love love gun. Apparently, it's all about a penis. So, there See? you go. See, everything um, comes back to sex. And at the very <laughs> end, when it comes to any any genre music, there's a whole bunch of songs that are about sex. Corey, I got a funny Nickelback story. So, my buddy, actually, the guy who's, his, his name's Kyle, Kyle Mudge. And he was in uh, that trio acoustic band when I was in Calgary. And he adores Nickelback. And we always went to like uh, his family was was amazing and they're they're very close. We had like Sunday family dinner and I became part of their family living there. We were roommates, um, and so we go to family dinner and we talk music and stuff. And his stepdad was just an unbelievable guy, such like so funny, the best sense of humor ever. And he'd always bust Kyle's balls about Nickelback. And and one night Kyle, I don't know if it's because like <laughs> we had a couple beers that night or whatever. I was the I was the designated driver home, but he was just like getting fired up like 
so mad about about his stepdad uh, just busting his balls about Nickelback to the point where he just like slams his like forks on the table. He's like, "They're the greatest Canadian rock band to ever live." And then Rob, his stepdad, just spat his food out. We're just like, "Buddy, get out! Just get out!" And Kyle's like, "I'm out of here. Whatever." Starts like just walking a couple meters in the snow. I'm like, "Man, like get back inside." A, I'm your ride back home. There's like 25. I'm gonna use it here kilometers to our house. Like get back inside, finish your mashed potatoes suck it up it's nickelback everyone's been making fun of you about them for the last 10 years just eat your dinner and we'll go home. damn oh, i have never heard anyone that supportive of nickelback i actually kind of respect it like you have to have some balls to respect them like to like really really stand by them in that sense because yeah it's definitely not a uh, band that everyone usually enjoys no, Corey, I got a question for you, and Rich, you can chime in too, because I, I don't know if you, you guys have probably obviously heard their hits, but I, I can't believe I left them off uh, off my list of pop punk, and maybe they don't even classify as pop punk, because in my opinion, they're a whole genre like in themselves, and that's Third Eye Blind, and they're in like my top five bands, because like Stephen Jenkins, the lead singer, he actually went to school, I think he had a, has a BA in creative writing, but also um, maybe even a master's in poetry, and he, he had every intention to write um, books or, or, or poems um, out of college and university and ended up starting writing lyrics and obviously Thir- Third Eye Blind became a thing and actually Terry Ryan on uh, Tales with TR uh, a podcast here on the Hockey Podcast Network talks about meeting him and, and asking him like how semi-charm life even got on the radio and I still like Third Eye Blind they're still making music but I, I have to say like they're they're one of the most unique and best bands to come out of the 90s and to still be going strong in my opinion and I, I just want to know, like, are you guys Third Eye Blind fans? Because that was actually yesterday my birthday bash. I was firing them up. And, uh, yeah, just this total nostalgia thinking of them again. I do like Third Eye Blind. Probably not as much as some of the others. I, I think they didn't get as much recognition as they deserved. And the fact that oh, not too many of their songs were hardcore mainstream, I guess you would say. Um, but I do think that they're really they're really good honestly go back and even to some of their deep cuts and just re-listen to some of the old records like especially now as like adults and you can like appreciate the lyrics a little bit more it, it's truly outstanding and like i wouldn't i wouldn't pump their tires this much if i if i didn't actually like truly believe that they're one of the best bands in the world all right here's my here's my uh music naivete coming in here uh i only know them from like their main hits uh Life jumper and how's it gonna be uh and uh and those songs are great i really like them but every time i hear of jumper i think of the jim yes i think it's i think it's a yes yes man man, yeah and he sings sings uh jumper out on the ledge to try and get the guy to come back inside (laughs) that's awesome i'm pretty sure never let you go was in like the digimon movie too (laughs) Uh, a really funny story about the the song jumper in high school um, I was in one of my classes and this this kid who it was like the classic like uh, he was a football player his girlfriend was a cheerleader and and he had cheated on her and so like some people in my class were like singing that song to him and he looked at the teacher and he was like can you get them to stop and she was like well maybe you should watch where you're putting your dick and he was no like way. and he was like are you serious she was like yeah you kind of deserve this and then just like let them keep doing it no so that's what it always reminds me of now that is legendary oh my god it i mean he's a, piece, he's a piece of shit but like how everyone reacted oh my god that's awesome 
God, oh I yeah, it was school. it was really funny. And the girl who started seeing it was like his like best friend too. I was like, <laughs> oh yes, that's awesome. Wow, third eye blind. See, so deep. Yeah, see, so it goes in everyday life. It's R- Richie. Listen to slow motion, Corey. Have you heard that one? I don't think so. Oh my God, that one! It actually got their record label made them take it off their first record, and then they let them bring it back on their like 20th century hits. Um, it's fucked up, but it's awesome. It's like the most. It's if, if you're wasted with friends and you and someone like play a song on the campfire and you bust out that one, you, you'll send a shockwave through the campsite. Let me tell you, it's like the most beautifully like composed song, and it's it's very like it's a very nice like ballad. But the lyrics are so fucking crazy that it just it's just textbook third eye blind. Slow motion. Check it out. You got homework. I will. I will. Yeah, there. I. Sorry, go ahead, Corey. No, no, I just was saying I, I will definitely. I, I was going to ask him one other thing, but if you have something to say. No, I was going to say I'll put it on the playlist. I'll give it a listen on my way into work tomorrow, and uh, I will get back to you with my feedback. Awesome. So can you tell I'm a music guy before sports guy? We've gone, like, what, like almost half an hour here? We haven't even really talk sports. <laughs> no, that's perfect. That's like we said before we went on, that's perfectly fine with us. I mean – we're we going to talk about hockey. We're going to talk about, uh, oh, uh, the NHL 20 stem that was on. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, Go ahead, Corey. What was your question? Sorry. So my other, my other question was, because we were talking a lot of, like, punk rock and all that stuff. What about anything that's either, like, more hard rock or stuff that's kind of somewhere in the middle? One of the, one of the bands that, like, I've always, like, I – really enjoy if there's a band with a really good um lead uh female vocal and like obviously everyone knows like paramore and stuff like that that's more on like the punky side but on the kind of little bit harder side i would say i guess is uh flyleaf and i like loved flyleaf and like then i even went all the way even into like harder rock from that anywhere from like the more kind of I guess lighter like puddle of mud and then you go into like my brother even made me at one point listen to Rob Zombie (laughs) that got a little bit rough on my head because you can only hear so much of that before you start going insane um yeah yeah it's pretty heavy (laughs) where where in all of that did you land um I guess like just pure like I guess like the screamo genre again for me it was it was less music and more noise, but I respect like the rock and, and guitar riffs and uh, the music in the background. Um, as far as female singers, I never got into like that many female metal singers and it's nothing like, I, I don't know. It just wasn't, it just wasn't my flavor. Like I was super into heart um, Stevie Nicks and, uh, and, and these days more of just like folking country women singers. Like I'm, I'm a country music fan, but I honestly love women country singers more than men because they have more of a unique sound and more of a, a variance where I'm not going to lie. Most men country singers, they either got like the deep classical raspy voice or they got like the new high pitch, like give me a beer. I'm talking <laughs> about my truck. It's pretty much, you know, it's just, it's very generic and I like it. It makes me happy throwing the country radio station, whatever. But I, the true country artists that, that produce the best sound in my opinion are the female singers. But back to your question, as far as like heavy rock, um, when it comes to like metal and hard rock, I, uh, I mean, I'm a, I'm a guitar player. So I went right into like the thrash genre. So like the really high intensity speed metal and kind of, kind of how I describe it to people is like, I really like classical music too. Again, like I'm all over the place in my genre. Like I love Bach and, uh, and Beethoven. Bach's probably my favorite. Um, and, and I describe the, the type of thrash metal that I used to listen to is basically like 
take take your Bach and and um yeah your Bach licks on piano and just put them on an electric guitar and turn the speed up like three dials and that's essentially what thrash music is it's very like classical pentatonic scales just with a ton of distortion and sped up so though though the lead singer of this band which i mentioned already megadeth uh dave mustaine he's he's not a great singer his backstory is unbelievable and uh i love the history of music and i don't know if you guys know much about megadeth i'm sure some of our your listeners do but he actually was the original guitar player for metallica before they even recorded their first record and they were playing shows and stuff in california so when they got their record deal they all drove to uh to new york to record the, the album and dave mustaine i mean he, he's had some issues with alcohol and drug abuse and even when he was younger he just he partied really hard even harder than the rest of the metallica boys in like their early 20s and so when they actually got to new york they fired him but he's so talented as a musician and a songwriter and guitar player he actually wrote the entire album for them head to toe and they fired him so he drove back to la few months later lo and behold metallica's first album comes out every single song is written by dave mustang they didn't give him any credit so he created megadeth to kind of like take them on head on and in my opinion though metallica got is the bigger band on the global scale megadeth you know gave them a run for their money and has a very big following as well and dave mustang he's not the singer that hatfield is at all a few albums here and there i think that he he gave him a run for his money and and really like dialed in his style a little bit but I mean, like Rust in Peace is probably one of the best albums from Megadeth. And I really like that thrash metal uh, first and foremost. And then in regards to just kind of the harder stuff, I mean, classic rock. Um, yeah, I guess it's more of the, class, the classic stuff in regards to just rock. I never got into like the, the, the really like hard metal Rob, Rob Zombie type stuff. Though I appreciate it because all my friends in Calgary were metalheads. I was, I was the odd man out um, with my ripped skinny jeans playing indie music. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah i want to quick piggyback off of the the hard rock conversation because um i've had the opportunity multiple times to uh meet rob halford the lead singer of judas Priest. oh nice oh yeah like i love all the classics too like the classic metals like ozzy judas um yeah like i listen to all of those as well sporty nation we had so much fun talking to isha that we talked to him for nearly an hour and a half so it was such a long interview and we talked about so many different things that we're going to split it up into two parts this week we mostly talked about music and we did eventually get into a hockey conversation about the coyotes about the network about the minnesota wild and a lot more and we're going to do that on next week's show so you'll be able to hear part two of our interview with isha of the soda pod co-founder of the hockey podcast network next week here on Sporty with Corey and Richie Suave. You can follow Isha on Twitter at VI Sports Talk. You can follow the network at HockeyPodNet. Be sure to do that, and we will talk to you again next week. Good night and good hockey, everybody.